Hi, and welcome to the Wednesday Word. This is the podcast of Desert Spring Church, sort of a midweek refresh and a deeper dive into Pastor David's sermon. Excited to get started. Um, and if you did miss Sunday's worship, you can still check it out at Desert Springs website, desertspringchurch.com. So the format is I'm going to be reading Pastor David's devotional. We will stop along the way for some of the questions that he has and um, just have a little discussion. Love to hear your comments from where you are listening to us. Um, and so we can circle back to those at another time. Today, we have two first-time guests on the podcast. First, we have Katie. Hi, my name is Katie. I uh, serve in the worship team at the 11 o'clock service, and I'm just so excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> we're glad to have you here. And also, we have Min with us, a first-timer. So Min, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a part of Desert Spring. Hi, uh, my name is Min, and I recently retired from the United States Air Force after 23 years. And I learned about Desert Spring and became a member of Desert Spring through volunteering at the mobile food distribution line that this church hosts every other Saturday. And I was very impressed by how kind and compassionate the people of this church are. And so that motivated me to become a member of Desert Spring United Methodist Church. Oh, I love that so much. It's and wonderful. yeah, it's a great seeing you. You've, you're, I think you maybe have 100% attendance on that, man, <laughs> right? Yeah. With the mobile, yeah. And uh, also you serve on the board for the Community Resource Center. Uh, we have the food pantry that just opened up. So doing a lot of good work. And we appreciate that very much. Oh, thank you. Nice to have you here. And thank you for your service. So this is Pastor David's devotional, and we will start with the scripture. He uh, has the first scripture coming from Hebrews 10, through 25. And it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who, promises, who, he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And also Hebrews 10, 14, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so Pastor David starts here. Throughout my ministry, I have been a part of a number of small groups. For many years, I've met several times per month with a good Christian friend named Pete. Pete and I would talk about our lives, our faiths, our hopes, and our dreams, and we would promise some accountability for each other. Before I met with Pete, I met with a group of six people, including myself, and we met and talked about life and faith, and we prayed for each other and for our church in Tucson. Oh, in Tucson, I met every Monday evening with three other men. We would read the Bible, share what was going on in our families, and pray for one another, and then we would go shoot pool. In recent years, I've met with Jerry. Jerry and I talk about what is good in our lives. We talk about our calling and shared ministry. We discuss challenging matters, and we help each other to grow in our faithfulness and understanding. While each group was different, each of these gatherings provided me encouragement, support, prayer, and accountability. I have been deeply blessed by these gatherings, and others that came before them. And so his question that we're going to start with is, have you been or are you a part of a small group of Christians who encourage and support you in your faith journey? And how would you describe those gatherings? 
what was or is the goal of these gatherings. So Katie, let's start with you. Sure. Um, you know, I've been a part of different small groups, but uh, one more recently um, is the one at our church that we've been doing since uh, probably, I'd say the initial group is about three years in. Mm -hmm. And we got really close during the pandemic because we were, you know, doing the Zoom every week and everybody was, you know, able to make it. And it just, you know, we got where we were really vulnerable. And I think that's one of the most important mm -hmm. things in a small group yeah. is, you know, being able to open up to those people, even if you just have, you know, two people that are more vulnerable than other people will be inspired to share. And I think that that creates, you know, the connection that you need for growth. Mm, that is very true. And that is a really great group of people. I yeah. see you meeting. So that's nice. And you guys are stuck together through all of this, which kind of held people together into the church. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Min, what about you? Well, throughout my years in school and the military, I found it important to always be part of a Bible study mm -hmm. group, especially in the military. You are moving every two or three years. Yeah. So as a result, I attended many churches and in many geographical locations. And I found that being part of a study group, a Bible study group and sharing in the fellowship and the mutual support of one another made me feel right at home, no matter what the geographical location mm. was. Yeah, that's that's really wonderful. And yeah, you make a really good point. And we, we do also have a lot of families that even during the pandemic moved away and their mm -hmm. connection to Desert Spring is still Pastor David's Bible study. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's really good. You know, I have, uh, I actually have several groups and I feel so thankful. And all of my groups happen to be women. You know, I have my Emmaus group, my, which is an accountability group, um, Bible study where we study God's word. You know, oh, Phyllis Murray, I'm gonna, you know, you're just never gonna get tired of hearing. <laughs> you might get tired of hearing about Phyllis Murray, but she's a big person in my life and she's, you know, it's a prayer partner for me. And, um, and oh, during the pandemic, I, I, we started a group of women leaders. They're kind of in the conference, the, in the Desert Spring Conference and um, in different areas of ministry. And it's just, it's just really cool to be able to share. And they all provide a, something different, but I cherish all of those. So, well, thanks, guys. So Pastor David goes on to say, Last Sunday, I ended my sermon, sermon by talking about a small group of Christians who met weekly in John Wesley's office for prayer, encouragement, study, and accountability for living a holy life. The group was made up of John and Charles Wesley along with two of Charles' friends. The group spent time worshiping, praying, studying together, and they also spent time visiting prisons and the sick. They did what they could to provide help for the poor. One of my favorite stories about John Wesley has to do with him refusing to get a haircut. In those days, men wore their hair short and then wore wigs in public. <laughs> However, Wesley broke with convention and wore his hair long to save on haircuts. The money he saved, he gave to the poor. Wesley's group maintained a balance of personal and social holiness. David would like that story, huh? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he says, today's pastor pa passage of scripture from Hebrews 10 says that, one of the principal purposes of meeting together in small groups is to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so his question is, in what ways does your connection with other Christians spur you on to live out your faith? And how are you encouraging others? So, man, let's start with you. Well, one very important characteristic 
or component of every Christian group of which I have been a member is service to others. Mm -hmm. And we see that here at Desert Spring mm -hmm. where we have many ways to serve, whether it's serving in the food pantry, serving on the mobile food distribution line, or, or serving the way Katie does with her beautiful music that mm -hmm. uplifts so many people every Sunday. And one of my most memorable experiences of service was in Texas. I was part of the Texas Ramp Project, which was, which was a Christian group that built wooden ramps for homebound individuals oh. who, who were homebound because of illness or injury yeah. or disease. And the wooden ramps enabled these individuals to step outside of their homes to in their wheelchairs wow. yeah. to enjoy the sunshine and the fresh air from, from time to time. This event was, this activity was very memorable because we were working with wood. And as we know from the Bible, Jesus was trained to work with yeah. wood and trained as a carpenter early in his life. And as we serve, one of my favorite Bible passages comes to mind, and that's Mark chapter 10, verse 45, which says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for the, for the many. Mm -hmm. And so in that phrase, Jesus pro provides us with the ultimate model of service to others for us to emulate. Mm. I love that, man. Thanks for sharing that. And it's interesting that you, you talk about the wood for many years with the youth we've done Sierra Service Project and so we build kinds of things and I've never thought of it in that way that Jesus was a woodworker so that's 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 really an interesting um, thank you for sharing that yeah thank you that's wonderful um, I think I'm going to go in a different direction with that question I think service that's such a great opportunity for connection with others and with God um, I think also kind of like I was saying earlier that vulnerability um, and that just um, letting other people in to what you're going through can kind of help create that connection. Uh, and the question was, how would you describe those gatherings and what is the goal of your gatherings? And, and I would say, you know, just to, to become, you know, better, better Christians or just to be more inspired by goodness. And I think when you have that common um, goal and a group that's centered around um, God, you know, you should have that inspiration by each other. And like you said, you know, you have different people who are looking at things in a different way, who've had different experiences. And it's always great to get that knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, just combine that knowledge and, and come together. And I mm -hmm. think that's really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really true, Katie. And I think, um, you know, in what way does your connection with other Christians spur you to live out your faith? What something that's very meaningful me for me is being a part of the prayer chain. And, you know, because I think it's something, you, you, it connects you to the people in the church, even the people that you don't know that you're praying for, you know, and it's something that you can do wherever you're at. And, you know, you don't need to get a group of people together. You don't need to get supplies together and, and, and those kinds of things. It's just something that, and it's, 
so cool when I meet people at church that have been on the prayer chain that I did not know before, but I knew that people were praying for. And so I think that, you know, that reminds us also when we get those to pray for those people and to pray for, pray for the church and pray for all the other needs that we have. So absolutely. Well, thanks you guys. So pastor David continues on saying in Hebrews twelve fourteen, the author tells us to make every effort to live a holy life. The purpose of Wesley's small group was holiness. His question is when you think about holiness, is there a person who comes to mind and why do you associate that person with holiness? He says, as I think about that question, I'm reminded of Reverend Travis Kendall. Travis was a faithful man full of joy, devoted to the work of God and to his family who could advise me in a faithful living while always making me feel good about where I was on my faith journey. So let's start with you, Katie. Yeah, I find that uh, it's hard for me to think of just one person who engulfs holiness. Um, But I can think of many people that have aspects of holiness that I think are admirable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, there's just so many people within our church right now. We have, um, you know, on the worship team, Chalmer, he's always, you know, he he just radiates positivity. I mean, he just is... 100% you will never catch him you know talking negatively behind anybody's Mm -hmm. back or anything he's Mm -hmm. he's a wonderful dude and him and Meredith are both like that really great um at the church I think too you know Johan and Kemi um many people know them they're they're just so full of knowledge yeah they have great knowledge and they just both of them they read so much and they study and and they really engulf you know that that aspect I think of holiness Um, And, you know, we have others that are just, you know, prayer warriors Mm -hmm. and, you know, so many women in this church that are that are so inspirational. I can think of so many people um, that I think of your mom, my mom. (laughs) mom. Yes, she's great. She's great. Um, You know, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. What about you, man? Well, when I think about this question, Pastor David's sermons in the past come to mind where he stated that God works through ordinary people Mm -hmm. to do extraordinary things. And we see that, as Katie mentioned, illustrated uh, in in our daily lives Mm -hmm. every day. And Pastor David illustrated this usage of ordinary people to do extraordinary things through his sermon series on the matriarchs of the faith where he talked about Sarah and Esther and Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of Jesus, Mm -hmm. Mary of Bethany, Tabitha. And uh, as I think about the characteristics of these ordinary people who became extraordinary through their faith and their love of God, In more recent history, there's one particular person that comes to mind as an example of holiness, and that is Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Mm -hmm. Mother Teresa of Calcutta possessed all the characteristics. This is the example of an ordinary person Mm -hmm. who through her faith and love of God became extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And she possessed all the characteristics of these matriarchs Mm -hmm. of she was humble, she was compassionate, 
and kind, mm. dedicated to service to others, and also very driven by her unshakable faith mm. and love of God. In fact, she once said about herself, she said, I am a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. Mm. So in many ways, we, we are all pens and pencils mm -hmm. in the hand of God as he writes love letters to the people of this world. I love that, writing the love letter. That's beautiful, man, that's beautiful. Thank you. You know, I, this past Sunday, um, many of you probably know Luann, who's always in the lobby quite often, and you know, she's always dressed in a beautiful dress and cheerful and happy and hugging and greeting people. But you know, when you're on staff, Sunday morning, you're not there for yourself. You're there for other people. You're there for other everybody else's experience. And so you're kind of focused very outward on a Sunday morning. And but but communion was being served for the first at the first service. And so I walked in, I'm like, I'm gonna take communion, you know. So I walked in, I was standing in the back, and there she was. And she just spontaneously took my hands and she just prayed for me. Like, you know, it was just it was just natural, it was just genuine, and it was just such a beautiful moment. I I, I was kind of, you know, taken back, like, wow, like she just stopped right in the middle of everything and just said a beautiful prayer for me. And so that that's that kind of holiness too, that, you know, yeah, it's really special. So, and you, you, we do have a lot of those people in our church. So, yeah. So uh, continuing on that question, he says, as you think about your own life, what does living a holy life, uh, does living a holy life seem attainable? Ooh. <laughs> Katie, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Katie's eyes got big. Sorry, you can't see that at home. <laughs> does it seem attainable? Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there's always that hope. And that's why we, we strive for, for goodness is because, you know, we believe that it's, it's obtainable. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're longing to get there. Mm -hmm. I, like the, I like that, the longing. Mm -hmm. what, what do you say, man? Well, in spite of the fact that we are humans with our imperfections mm -hmm. and flaws. I do believe that living a holy life is attainable because when we look at the figures in the Bible, including the 12 apostles mm -hmm. uh, of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. they were imperfect people. Very true. And yet they, they were able to live holy lives mm -hmm. in spite of the imperfections. Mm -hmm. And so Yes, my answer to this question is it is attainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that. And I think I thought about this question, too, and I thought that's one of the cool things about getting older because not everything about getting old is that cool. But, <laughs> but it's that you've had the chance to see God's faithfulness over and over and over again in your own lives and other people's lives. And so I think that the more of those examples that you see and experience, I think that brings you closer to holiness and to, and to understanding and that's why we need to share our stories more, um, for, for one thing. But I think the older I get, the more attainable mm -hmm. that feels to me, you know. And yeah, we're we're imperfect people, uh, you know. But but that's that is what we long for, and what we're here for, and what and why we gather together to get there. So I appreciate that. 
Okay, well, Pastor David continues on to say, when we think about living a holy life, it helps to remember that we do not make ourselves holy. God does. God promises to make us holy. So when the author of Hebrews says that without holiness, no one will be able to see the Lord, we can be assured that God will accomplish what God has started in our lives, and one day we will indeed see the Lord. He says, even so, we have a part in the holiness. Our life of faith is a conventional a covenantal, covenantal faith. I practiced that too, you guys. A covenantal <laughs> faith. God makes promises to us. We make promises to God. Our promises include acts of piety like worshiping, praying, giving, and reading the Bible. Our promises also include acts of mercy like visiting the sick, providing for the poor, welcoming the stranger. Our promises involve spiritual practices and as engaged in spiritual practice, our God meets us in our covenant faithfulness and grows us in our holiness. So his question now is what spiritual practices do you regularly engage in and what spiritual practices are the most meaningful for you? So what about you, man? Well, at this, I brought with me uh, a little spiritual life checklist that I received 23 years ago from the pastor of my church wow. in, in Texas okay. uh, 23 years ago. And on this checklist are items like attend Sunday morning worship, participate in a Sunday morning Bible class, participate in a non-Sunday Bible class, and spend time in personal devotion. Wow. And you know, 23 years later, I still have this checklist this card on impressive. my desk <laughs> that's <laughs> impressive <laughs> that's and, wonderful and, and then and then in fine print this card says keep this card as a reminder of your commitment to your spiritual life wow and so i was i was i i was very surprised to have this question because this wow. card answers that question for me. And the spiritual practices that I have found most meaningful are attending the Bible study classes mm -hmm. that Pastor David has Wednesday evenings because I gain new insight and understanding yeah. of the Word of God through participation in those study sessions and also attending Sunday morning worship mm -hmm. and being able to re receive communion yeah. and gaining more wisdom through listening to the sermons mm -hmm. on Sunday mornings. So that head and the heart thing that Pastor Dave has been talking about really resonates with you, mm -hmm. the learning and the, yeah, can, that, that's, that's wonderful. And I just have to ask, since you received that 23 years ago, how many times have you moved that you still have that little, it's like a, a eighth a piece of paper? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I must, I have, I must have moved or changed assignments at least eight or nine times wow. in those 23 yeah. years. And that little piece of paper comes with you, and that's yes. a part of your practice. That's that's a good sermon. That's a good Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> that's devotion. That, that is holiness. That is devotion, for real. <laughs> good for you. Good for you, man. What about you, Katie? Ah, that's wonderful. Um, so, you know, I did announce myself. I'm the worship director, so I do, I do love song, and I think that... Um, for me, worship is a big part because not only are we singing our praises to God and we're and we're you know connecting um, 
you know, there, but we're also connecting with the people around us in worship mm-hmm. is how I see it. We're all singing out, you know, mm-hmm. with one voice, with one purpose to God. And I kind of visualize it um, in worship, just kind of like all of our energies are just moving outward mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. melding together with yeah. each other. And, and I just think it's very powerful. Um, and for me, you know, that's one of the most important, um, what was it? spiritual yeah, practices. practices yeah. Yes. I think Brene Brown has a podcast about that very thing about the singing together and that, that experience that, you know, you're, we're on the same space and we're doing that same thing. And that's, that's powerful. Yeah. 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 That's very powerful. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to prayer and, you know, I, this summer, we, the theme of the summer camp was prayer and we taught them all these different ways to pray, you know, through dance, through music, through, you know, there's just so the labyrinth and, so many different ways to pray and that's that's a practice that I still am you know all these years later am finding new ways to pray that are meaningful and so I I I really appreciate that and that again that connection that that has that gives us with each other and I think anytime we're connecting with one of God's children we're connecting to God and so any chance we get to pray um you know so um, okay, so we're getting to our last question here, guys. As uh, Pastor David continues on to say, one of the strengths of being in a small group is being able to hold each other accountable to maintaining spiritual practices, and as a result, helping each other grow in holiness until the day that God has finished God's work within you, and you can stand pure, righteous, and holy before God. So his question is, do you believe God will accomplish this in your lifetime? Who wants to take a stab at that one first? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. All right, man. What are you, what are you feeling? <laughs> well, in re- my answer to this question is, is yes, because the victory has already been won. Mm. The ultimate mm-hmm. victory has already Amen. been won by by Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. You know, Katie, while you're thinking about it, I I have a long. Uh, what I say is, I got a long. I got a long way to go. <laughs> I got a long way to go, and you know, um, that's what some of my groups. You know, my Emmaus group, my discipleship denied. You know, sometimes I got a list of those. We're supposed to have like, what is your discipleship design? Okay, I got seven this week, so <laughs> this is. You know, but I think just the awareness of that, being aware of like that was a I I did I didn't hit the mark there. I think that awareness gives me hope. Like just recognizing, like okay, I could have done better there. Um, but it's funny. Just this past Sunday, I was handing out. I'm some of us are doing the revival book study. Anne Hardy's doing one online. I'm doing one that kind of goes along with this sermon series, and I and I'm really enjoying it. But I was passing out the book on Sunday. And I said, well, honestly, I haven't started reading it yet, which is funny because I'm leading my first session tonight. Um, but one of my Emmaus sisters, grouping sisters, Martha, says, I'm going to check back with you on that. You know, I know that she's going to hold me accountable. So That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? I'm having a hard time wrapping my, my mind around that question for some reason. It's okay. Yes, um, you know, I believe one day we will all be, you know, pure and and righteous and holy before the lord yeah so i guess yes yeah and that's something that's been a part of your your life forever i mean you know so that's 
that's something that I think you've probably just always kind of known. I mean, even as yeah, a child, it's just yeah. different levels of knowing that. Just Still, when it's written out that way, it kind of, it, it's hard to, you know, I don't know. But yes, yeah, my yeah. answer is yes. Good for you, good for you. <laughs> Well, I, I just want to thank you guys for being here. It was such a gift, and I hope this is just the first of many times visiting and coming coming back to the podcast here. Um, we're just kind of getting started, and it's, it's just a nice way to get to know some of the people in the church and the stories, and we, we've got great stories here, so I really appreciate that. And again, for those of you listening at home, don't forget to make your comments uh, wherever you are listening to us uh, so you know we can... We can see those comments and, and be a part of that, too. Uh, the podcast is available on SoundCloud. You can go to DesertSpringChurch.com. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, it's, we're, yeah, Chris has got us out there. Chris Devereaux behind the scenes over here who, who gets us out there. And so um, we appreciate that. And be sure to share that with your friends. And Pastor David ends in saying, um, you know, to that last question, by the grace of God, he believes so, and, and blessings to us. And, yeah, any other final thoughts? Well, thank you for the chance to be here today. I really enjoyed this opportunity to discuss these questions with Katie and, 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 and you. And uh, thank you for, for, for inviting me, Julie. Oh, yeah, and thank you. Yeah, I got to know men at the, at the food distribution, um, and so that's, that's been a real gift and something that I continue to do. And yeah, kudos to you to coming in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> and finding your way in and finding a way to serve and be part of the community. It's just a, it's a real gift. So oh, thank you. We appreciate that. Well, with that, then I am going to close us in prayer. Any other thoughts, Katie? Oh yeah, this is wonderful. I'm so glad you're doing all this and that you know you invited me and men to be a part. Also. Hosting opportunities are always available. <laughs> I know you're so Can good. I just make that plug? I'm just going to so make good. that plug. All right. Uh, gracious, loving God, we thank you for this time to come together. We thank you for Pastor David and for the words that he shares, his message, and for the questions that he gives us to continue to uh, wrestle with and pray about and um, ways to help us to become more holy. Um, and we know that Lord, the holiness that that's that's you, but that we have a part in in that also in accepting um, these opportunities uh, to grow closer to you and to live holier lives. And so we thank you for that blessing. We thank you for uh, the people of Desert Spring Church and the ways that we can pray and serve and uh, celebrate and mourn and all of those things together as your children. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen.